Well, good morning, Clinton Baptist Church and anybody else who might be watching uh, this morning. Uh, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we will be glad and rejoice in it. And, you know, one of the things that the devil is, according to the Bible, is he's a thief. And he wants to steal your joy. And so we're going to determine this morning that the devil is not going to steal our joy. Uh, we're going to be joyous uh, here today because the Lord is worthy of that. And he has given us all the truth that we need uh, to keep us joyous. And so today is a great day. It's a great day to be a Christian. And it's a great day to sing together. We're going to be doing that. And it's a great day uh, to look at his word. And he has some things to teach us uh, here uh, today. Um, next week, of course, is Resurrection Sunday. And that is a wondrous celebration for Christians. Uh, it's the day that most makes me happy to be a Christian. And it's really the day that uh, makes, makes it uh, so that all the rest of my days are happy. Because we serve a risen Savior. And some people have said, well, what about next week uh, if we have empty church buildings on Resurrection Sunday? Well, you know, that's not going to change the fact that there's an empty tomb. Mm -hmm. And if we have empty church buildings, well, we're going to be somewhere. And we're going to be celebrating the fact that there's an empty tomb because we have a Savior who's risen. And we're going to uh, find a way uh, together to celebrate that. And the Lord will lead us in that. The Lord will give us some special things uh, for next for next Sunday. So we're going to sing some songs together, and uh, Jordan's going to lead us in a couple songs, and he'll give you the name of the songs as well, uh, so that if you don't have the same book as we do, you can sing along. So belt it right out where you are. Uh, join us in singing, and uh, we will uh, we will enjoy giving praise to the Lord. All right, so the name of this first song is Glory to His Name. And if you have the living hymnal, it's uh, 63, song number 63, Glory to His Name. We'll do all four verses of this song. Down at the cross where my Savior died, down where for cleansing from sin I cried, there to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. I am so wondrously saved from sin. Jesus so sweetly abides within, there at the cross where he took me in. Glory to his name, glory to his name, glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied, glory to his name. saves from sin. I am so glad I have entered in. There Jesus saves me and keeps me clean. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood of 
mighty fortress. You are my strength and shield. You are God. Almighty Father, you alone are holy. You guide my footsteps that I may not fall. Enjoy your sorrow. I will exalt you. You are my righteousness. You God will continue to do that. God will lay things on your heart. 
Um, there was another lady in our church that's been laid out for quite a while, and she mentioned that uh, that she has received cards and calls. Just be alert, be aware of, uh, of what's going on with our church body and who uh, the Lord will prompt you. He'll, he'll bring a certain name to your mind. He'll bring a certain situation to your mind, and uh, you'll know uh, that God wants you to be to be involved in that. Uh, some have been asking about next Sunday, and we'll communicate more about that. Uh, the Lord will give us a plan for that, and it'll be a time of rejoicing uh, together. Uh, so just make that a matter of prayer, and we will we will uh, announce uh, if there's anything different going on uh, this following Sunday. Some others have asked, well, when do you think, uh, Pastor, that we'll be back in our uh, in our church building? And that is a fluid situation. But I'll tell you this, uh, God gives wisdom and God gives leading. And God will make that clear. He'll make that clear. And so when God uh, when God shows us that's what we're supposed to do, we'll obey him in that. And we'll make that a time of celebration uh, and rejoicing uh, for sure. Um, we have just planned a baptism for the end of March, the fifth Sunday. And so we'll find another Sunday to do that on, and we'll have the baptism, and we'll have the feast, and it'll be a great time. So, uh, going to have some preaching here in a moment, and if you want to get your Bibles ready, we'll be in Ephesians chapter 5 this morning. We'll be in Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, before we do that, though, I'm going to have uh, Brendan come and we'll sing. This song um, reminds me of my Grammy. Um, this is one of her favorite songs, and she had me sing this last summer. And uh, I wish uh, I wish uh, she was here playing the accompaniment for two reasons: to miss her, and secondly because uh, this is a lot easier to accompaniment. So, <laughs> but uh, Grammy, uh, if you're watching this, I love you, and uh, this song always makes me feel good. So. In my darkness, Jesus found me, touched my eyes and made me see, broke sin's chains that long had bound me, gave me life and liberty. Oh, glorious love of Christ, my Lord divine, that made him stoop to save a soul like mine. Through all my days in then in heaven above, my song will silence never. I'll worship him forever and praise him for his glorious love. Oh, amazing truth to ponder. Folks attend, Lord of heaven, God's Son, what wonder, he became the sinner's friend. Oh, glorious love of Christ, my Lord divine, that made him stoop to save a soul like mine. Through all my days in then in heaven above, my song will silence never. I'll worship him forever and praise him for his glorious love. My song will silence never. I'll worship him forever 
and praise him for his glorious love, and praise him for his glorious love, and praise him for his glorious love. Of course, uh, we realize that uh, one of the big things that makes God's love glorious is that nothing can separate us from it uh, when we're in Christ Jesus. We're sure thankful for that truth. So the title of the message this morning, if you are prone to giving messages, uh, messages titles, uh, I have one for this message. It's straight out of the text. You'll see that. You'll see it in the text. Uh, the title of the message this morning is Wake Up, Wise Up, and Win the Day. Wake Up, Wise Up, and Win the Day. We're in Ephesians uh, 5, and we're going to be starting at verse 8 uh, this morning. But, uh, you know, you probably noticed one thing in these days, and that's this. That there's things that you can control to a certain degree, and there's things that you just cannot control. You just cannot control. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of voices today. There's a lot of so-called news. It's hard to, uh, to sift through what is, what is real and what, is, what isn't. Kind of a popular uh, term uh, nowadays, and when it comes to the news, is, is the term uh, fake news. And, uh, you know, trying to determine what's fake news and what's real news, what is truth and what isn't. Uh, you know who can who can unravel all that? Who can figure all that out? And so I'm not going to I'm not going to uh, really uh, focus on the news as we think of it today, uh, fake or otherwise. I'm gonna, I'm going to focus on the good news, the good news. And uh, we have we have good news for the whole world, and the world needs good news. And we're thankful for the Bible that gives us that good news. And so. You say, well, you know, if you're just focusing on what the Bible has to say, well, maybe you're just uh, hiding your head in the sand. Well, no. If we focus on what the Bible has to say, what we're doing is we're shedding light on the situation. We're shedding the light of truth on the situation. The Bible says this. In another passage, this is Philippians chapter 4, you don't have to turn there, but it says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. And so the Bible tells us what we should be placing our mind on. And when God brings things to light, when he sheds the light on the real news, that's a great place to be right there. And those things are going to be true. Those things are going to be honest. Those things are going to be just and pure and throughout the whole list there. Now, the Bible says that we're more than conquerors. And if that's true, as trusting believers, we shouldn't just be looking to survive today. We should be looking to flourish. You know, God wants us to flourish. And he wants us to win the day. And we're going to talk about some truths that are going to help us out with that here uh, this morning. Let's have a word of prayer together. Lord, I thank you that we are more than conquerors in you. We thank you, Lord, that we have victory. We thank you that we're going to have a chance to especially focus on that next week, the power of your resurrection, and Lord, uh, everything that that uh, offers us, affords us. Lord, I thank you today that we have your word. We thank you that we can look at it, you can open it up to us, and you can use this feeble mouthpiece, Lord, and 
the Holy Spirit can do what only uh, He can do uh, through the Word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So in Ephesians chapter 5 there, we're going to pick it up at verse 8, and it says this. For ye were sometimes darkness. That goes for every single person. Everybody was sometimes darkness. You say, well, I'm saved. Well, I was saved at a young age, but I had to realize that I was in darkness. I had to realize that I just as desperately needed Jesus Christ as anybody else. And I was sometimes darkness, but here it says, but now are ye light, what does it say? In the Lord. And so we have translated, been translated from death unto light. We have been taken from darkness to light. And because it was a time when we were in darkness, we need to think about the fact that we need to make up for that lost time. We need to do what this passage that says here in this verse, we need to walk as children of light. If we've been, been taken from darkness, but we are now in light, we have an opportunity to walk in light. And we have an opportunity to, to win the day by walking in light. And so for that time, whatever it was that we spent in darkness, and some of you have a testimony of, of more years in darkness than others, God says this, today is your day to walk in the light. You say, well, up to this point, I don't feel like I've been in the light. And I feel like I've been floundering, and I feel like I, uh, I, I haven't been walking according to truth. Well, this is a new day. This is a new day. And we're going to talk about winning the day today and winning the days to come. So it says here, walk as children of light. And it says there in verse 9, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. And then it says this very important word. It says proving. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. To prove something is to hold it up to the light and to examine it. As I hold, there's a light right above me here. And as I hold my glasses up to the light, I can actually see that my glasses are breaking in this little point right here. And I probably need to uh, replace the, these reading glasses because I've become pretty dependent on my reading glasses. And I'm not using them today because my font is about size 28 here on my notes, so I don't need them. But I do have a lot of pieces of paper because of it. But, you know, when you hold something up to the light, we can see what the situation really is. To prove is to hold to the light, to examine, to scrutinize, to test whether it is sound. And so the term proving there says, prove that which is acceptable unto the Lord. Unto the Lord. Hold everything up to the light to see if it's acceptable unto the Lord. It says in verse 9 there, for the, the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And so as we walk in the light, really we're supposed to be reducing our life. We're supposed to be reducing our life to that which is profitable for the Lord. And we're supposed to let the Holy Spirit manage our time. And this is what's going to happen. If we let the Holy Spirit manage our time and we walk in the light, those things are always going to be conducive to that which is good, to that which is right, and that which is true. You say, how do you know that? It's right in the verse there, verse number 9. For the fruit of the Spirit is what? Goodness, righteousness, and truth. That is what walking in the Spirit is going to produce. That's what walking in the light is going to produce. When we walked in the darkness, it wasn't about goodness, righteousness, and truth. But now we're walking in the light, and so we're going to win the day. We're going to win the day by walking in uh, goodness, righteousness, and truth. The Philippians uh, chapter 1 says this, In this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. So he says, yes, it's good to be loving. But as that love abounds, it needs to always be conducive to knowledge and judgment. So, we love, but we also walk according to truth. That's what it's saying there. Sometimes people say, well, I love, but they sacrifice truth. Sometimes people have truth, but they sacrifice love. The Bible 
uh, encourages both if, if we walk in the light. Then it says this, that ye may approve things that are excellent. We saw back in Ephesians, in your text there, verse 14, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And in Philippians it says basically the same thing, approve things which are excellent. Because if it's in the Lord, it's going to be excellent. So that you may approve things which are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ. The term there, sincere, means without wax. You say, well, what does that mean, without wax? Well, uh, there was a time when uh, there was a lot of uh, pottery made. There were a lot of vessels that were, that were made and exchanged in the marketplace. And sometimes uh, people would try to sell things that were defective. And the way that they would, they would take a, a, a pot, a cracked pot, uh, and they would take that and... Uh, and if they wanted to make it look like it was still it would still hold water, they would take a little wax and just rub it in that crop and then and then that crack there, they would rub it in there on that pot, uh, so you couldn't tell that it wouldn't hold water. And so there was something that was insincere there, and they would make it sincere. They would put with wax, they would put wax uh, there to hide that. And so the Bible says you can approve things that are that are excellent, that you may be sincere. In other words, Hold things up to the light and make sure they can hold water. Make sure that there's not something there that's deceiving you. Make sure that there's something there's not something there that uh, uh, is not going to ha be according to the light and according to the truth. And so God's light will, 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 will help us to approve things that are excellent. It's the same, uh, same idea that you see there in your text there, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And then in Philippians, it goes on to say the same thing about the Holy Spirit. It says, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. So back here in Ephesians chapter 5, look at verse, uh, look at verse 11. It says, and have no fellowship. That means do not team up with. Do not sink yourselves with. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather, it says there, uh, reprove them. And so fellowship actually comes, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's the word uh, neneo, and it means to be synced with. It means to be joined together with. It means to be on the same page with. And so it says, do not be synced with, do not be on the same page with darkness, with the works of darkness, the unfruitful works of darkness. God wants us to be fruitful, right? And so we're not going to be fruitful if we're synced up with the unfruitful works of darkness. But it says, rather, there's this, this idea again, rather what? Reprove them. Reprove them. The only time that we're, gonna, that we're supposed to spend, according to the unfruitful works of darkness, is, uh, is reproving them. What, is it, what does it mean to reprove? Well, again, it means to bring into the light, to expose any time that we spend in relation to the unfruitful works of darkness should be exposing them. Exposing them for what they are. Put them in the light. Bring them out into the light so they're exposed as to what they really are. And of course we know that, uh, that, the, uh, uh, that the Bible is that light. You say, well, how are you so sure about this, uh, this definition? Well, let's write in verse 13. Go down to verse 13. It says, but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. And so you are sometimes darkness, now walk as children of light. How are you going to win the day? You're going to win the day by walking in the light. You're going to win the day by allowing God to bring light unto the situation. You're going to win the day by reproving the unfruitful works of darkness. 
And you say, well, yo, those are sort those are sure out there. There's a lot of darkness out there. And we gotta go out there, and we gotta reprove the darkness. Well, you know, before we really can be equipped to do that, we need to let the Lord shine his light in our own hearts. We need to let him show us what darkness needs to be brought to light in our own lives. We need to have personal revival before we can help others have revival. And then it says in verse 12, For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done by them or of them in secret. There's a lot of things that are being done in secret. There's a lot of things that are being done behind closed doors. In the secret, uh, the recesses of our minds and our hearts. And, uh, you know, we, we, we can't tell what's going on in everyone else's life in that regard. Uh, maybe there's a lot of things going on in secret right now in our government. I don't know. In our, in our country, across the land, in all kinds of different ways. Throughout the world. And the devil, he's a liar. Uh, he, he, uh, he tries to get people to, to hide things and to not bring things out into the light. But, you know, we can't control all that. What we can control is this. We can control in our own lives not having secret lives that we're not letting be out in the light. That we're not walking in the light in. And the Bible says, for it's a shame to even speak of those things. You know, it's a shame that we harbor them in our lives. And it's a, harm that, it's, it's a shame that those things are even spoken of. The Bible talks about a people that don't blush anymore because they have no shame. And not only do they do they speak of them, you know, they broadcast them. I mean, you, you talk about uh, 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 elements in our land that, that is surprise, uh, surprising God hasn't judged a long time ago. You know, the prince of the power of this air using the airwaves to broadcast all of man's unshamefulness. And we have what's called sitcoms or situational comedies, which are nothing but just... Uh, bringing out, out into the airways and broadcasting the perversion of man. And all kinds of perverse things which we shouldn't even be talking about. We shouldn't, that, that it's, it's bad enough they were done in secret. Now they're just being broadcast. They're just being put out there as being normal. All kinds of perversion, all kinds of unfruitful word, uh, words of darkness, which we should be exposing as such. Which we should be taking God's word and saying, you know, these things are not conducive to walking in the light. And they're certainly not conducive to us having the blessing of the Lord upon our land. And, uh, you know, a righteous nation uh, would be exalted. And, and so we can't, we can't control everything that's going across the land. But what we can do is we can make sure that our own lives are in the light. And that we can be, be light. The Bible says, let your light so shine. And the Bible says that we're supposed to be salt and we're supposed to be light. We're supposed to be the influencers as Christians. It says, so it says, for it's a shame to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all the things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Then verse 14 says, wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. So there's that first point, right? That from our message, the title. Wake up. It says, awake thou which sleepeth. And maybe God knows that the church needs to be prodded a little bit here. That the church needs to be told you need to wake up. And uh, one thing that we cannot have during what the Bible calls evil days here in the next verse, in, in uh, verse uh, 16, I think it is there, that we cannot, we cannot have apathy. Evil days are no time for apathy. And we need to wake up. We need to wake up as to the important things that we need to be involved in. We need to, to wake up as to what the world really needs. We need to wake up that comfort is not the most important thing that we need to search after. We need to wake up as to what our purpose is. 
Christian, you need to wake up to the sin that's in your life. You need to wake up to those things that you need to be taken from darkness and putting them into the light so God can help you with them. We need to wake up. We need to get out of our apathy. And maybe that's exactly what God is doing here. Maybe God knows that the anecdote for our, for our apathy is for the things that we find uh, uh, joy and, and comfort and fulfillment and to be shaken. Uh, for us to, to be brought to a place where we say, God, you're the one that we need. God, we need to be in your plan. We need to be fulfilling what you have for us. We need to walk as children of light here. And so the Lord will bring to light that which is wise and that which is prudent. And it says that at the end of the, the verse there. Wherefore he saith, Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. And then verse 16, See that you walk circumspectly. And that is to, to walk in, a, in an alert fashion. To know what's around you. To know what's going on. To know what the threat is. Be sober. Be vigilant. Be alert. Be on guard. Walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. Not as fools, but as wise. Uh, when I think of walking circumspectly, I think of the, uh, um, the Secret Service who guides the president. And, uh, you know, they're just always watching. They're always alert. They're trying to scan the horizon for any imminent threat. And they have, they have a purpose for that. And, then, and they're going to they're gonna try to see whatever uh, might uh, be, be a problem there. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And so the Bible says, wake up. And it says, wise up. And uh, it says, in order, in order to, uh, verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wake up, wise up, and win the day. Win the day. Redeeming the, t the time because the days are evil. Go to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to spend a, a couple moments there, and then we'll come right back to, to Ephesians chapter 5 here. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is speaking. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 30. Matthew 6, 30. Matthew 6, verse 30. It says, Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? So he's, uh, you know, he's talking about uh, the fact that, uh, that God in his creation has made things to thrive and to, to be beautiful. And, uh, you know, I mean, I guess I would, I would think of this in, in, in terms of a, of a tree that, that blossomed and bloomed and grew. And then uh, one day it got cut down and uh, we sawed it up with a chainsaw and we stacked it. And, um, you know, the wood pile, it warms you over. It warms you up about three or four times, right, uh, before we actually put it in the, in, the, in the wood stove. But we have an outdoor boiler here. And so we take that wood, we cut it up, and we stack it. And one day, you know, we fill the, uh, the boiler with it. And it warms our house, and it just goes up to, to smoke and to, to ashes. And so it says, If God shall clothe the grass of the field, which today is, tomorrow's cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye little faith? Hey, if he, if he takes care of something that's just, you know, going to be used for, for rather mundane purposes here on earth, and that's it, how much more is he going to look out for you who are an, et an eternal being, one who has a capacity to have a relationship with him? It says, Therefore take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. You know, it's just talking about Gentiles there and the fact that those that, that aren't seeking God, that don't uh, have God or orientation. For your Heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. 
Then in verse 33 it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Walk as children of light, is what the way our text put it, puts it. And all these things shall be added unto you. Now look at this now, verse 34. Because we talked about redeeming the time because the days are evil. Look at verse 34. It says, Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. This phrase, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now go back to, uh, to Ephesians chapter 5. Hopefully you kept your finger there. Look again at verse 16. It says, redeem the time because the days are evil. And the Bible says, Jesus himself says, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. In other words, today is a day that's potentially going to bring evil your way. Today is an evil day. There's plenty of evil to be found. There's plenty of evil to be experienced and experimented in. And today is the day that you have to think about winning. Today is the day you have to think about winning. Now, this is the way we are as, as human beings. We spend a lot of time worrying about tomorrow. We spend a lot of time thinking about what if this happens tomorrow. We spend a lot of energy and, and, and a lot of time uh, uh, fretting and worrying and planning and trying to think of ways to manipulate what may or may not happen tomorrow. But Jesus said this, look, when it comes to tomorrow, that's going to be a day you have, you're going to have to worry about winning that day. But if you spend all of your energy today thinking about tomorrow, you're going to miss a day that you're meant to be victorious. Redeem the time because the days are evil. Insufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Don't miss out on winning today by being defeated by tomorrow. I think that's the, the truth that we need to get there. Colossians chapter 4 says this. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Withal, praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know uh, how you ought to answer um, every man. That's Colossians chapter 4. And I want you to notice four things there. You want to turn to Colossians chapter 4, I'll show you. And the verses here, Colossians chapter 4, we'll pick it up in verse 2. Colossians 4, verse 2. In verse 5, it says, redeeming the time. And... It talks about winning the day or redeeming the time. That's the way I'm putting it today. Win the day by doing these things. First of all, by being, by praying, by being prayerful. It says in verse number two, continue in prayer. And then in verse number three, with all praying also for us. Win the day by depending upon God in prayer, by communicating with God, by having him be so vivid in your mind that amidst all the circumstances here on earth, you still think of him as your personal Savior to whom you can talk and you can pray. So it talks there about prayer. Win the day by praying. Secondly, win the day by being thankful. By being thankful. It says continue in prayer and watching the same with thanksgiving, with all, uh, praying also uh, 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 for us. And so it says, and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Look. As you watch what's going on around you, it doesn't mean you're not going to be aware of your surroundings or walking circumspectly. But as you see what's going on today, watch it with thanksgiving. Watch it with the fact that God has all these things in control. You can fully trust Him. He has given you the truth that relates to everything you need to know. 
He's given you all the light that you need for today, and he has given you what you need to win the day. To win the day. And so, watch the same with Thanksgiving. And then thirdly, it says, to look for opportunities to share the gospel. Simplify your life. Simplify your life to what you know you're supposed to do. Simplify it to that which you can, by God's grace, control. All the things you can't control, they'll overwhelm you, and they will consume you, and they will steal from today the victory that you can have by just doing the things that God has told you that you can do as an ambassador. Be, be, be in prayer. Be thankful. Look for opportunities to share the gospel. It says, with all praying for us also, verse 3, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am in bonds. And, and, and Paul was in prison. He was going through some rough times. Uh, he, he, was, uh, he, was, he was certainly, I guess, in a, in a, in a troublesome situation. And uh, probably uh, uh, far beyond what we could even comprehend today. But he says, you know, pray for me. Not that I would get out of prison, necessarily. Not that these hardships would pass. Pray for me that right where I am right now, I'd be given opportunities and take those opportunities to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. To share that which, those truths which rise above all of this, those eternal truths. And then to be a good testimony. He says in verse 4, walk in wisdom towards them which are without. Walk in wisdom, be a good testimony. And then number 5, let your speech be always of grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to give an answer to every man. Be spirit-led in your conversation. You know, those are things that you can do to win the day. You can pray. You can be grateful. You can look for opportunities to share the gospel. You can you have a sound testimony of integrity of walking in the light. People need to see light in a dark world. And then you can be spirit-led in your conversation. Spirit-led. Um, and those things here in Colossians chapter 5 are, are told, it's said to us, those are redeeming the time. Those are winning the day. That's where you win the day right there. Making the most of your time. Maximizing the potential of your time. Squeeze all the value out of your time. You know, Jesus was the master time manager. In John 9 verse 4 it says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. And even Jesus, listen, even Jesus recognized that the, the, the opportunity that he had to accomplish the mission that he had was limited in time. He, as the master redeemer of time, the one who uh, the one who changed the world forever in just three and a half years of ministry, he said, there's going to come a time when we're not going to have these opportunities anymore. We need to win the day today. I think the time is short. We don't know how many more days we have. If we're losing days, if we're, if we're uh, uh, not living in victory, we're living defeated lives day after day. Through a crisis or through any time as a Christian, we're missing those opportunities before the night comes when no man can work. When no man can work. And Jesus was the master of time management. And uh, another passage uh, in Luke, uh, Luke 4.42, it says, it just shows us how he, he set his course and he stuck to it. Let me just read it for you. Luke 4, verse 42 and 43, it says, And when it was day, he departed and went into a desert place. So that, the, 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 uh, the terminology means there, as soon as it was daylight. Jesus, it doesn't give us the impression that he slept in the whole lot. When it was day, he departed, went into a desert place. The people saw him, 
and came out unto him and stayed him that he should not depart from them. So he went to a place to, to be alone with his father. But then the people came, the busyness came. He wanted to get that done before all this business, business came. But he was there uh, for those people as well. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. Amidst his solitary hours, amidst the hours when people were around him, he never forgot his purpose. I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. Keep your purpose always firmly in mind, Christian. Always remember the simplicity of what your role is as a Christian. There's going to be lots of things that are going to be beyond your control. Win the day. Redeem the time with the things you know to do as you walk in the light. You know, there's a saying, live as if you were dying. And it's kind of uh, used many times in humanistic settings where, you know, uh, live today, get the fullest out of your life, have a great time, um, live as if you were dying. Well, you know, we are dying. We are dying. Um, our days are limited. We don't know if we're going to have another day. And live as if you were dying because you are dying. And you know, when you realize you are terminally ill, it changes your perspective on what is vital. It changes your perspective on what is vital. And in the Bible, it talks about, let's turn to uh, 1 Corinthians 3.12. Just have a few more minutes uh, here. And we just want to, want to really focus on this truth of winning the day. Wake up, wise up, win the day. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 12. It says this, Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work, that's every man's work, nobody's going to get around this, every man's work shall be made manifest. It will be brought into the light. It's the same concept. For the day shall declare it, shall reveal it. There will be a day when it will all be brought into the light. It will be shown very clearly whether it was gold, silver, precious stones, or whether it was just wood, hay, a stubble. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. And so, as we think about redeeming the time, we're thinking about this. Is the way that we're spending our time is it going to be conducive to putting together a package that will go through the fire and come out the other side with integrity and intact? Or will it go through the fire and just be consumed and be exposed as being worthless? And so the picture is just that. If you were to take something and put it all into a bulk, into a package, you take all of, all of uh, the way that you spent your time and you package it all together and you put it through God-consuming fire. You let God fully... Uh, bring that to light. You take that whole package, you put it into the hottest, most refining fire imaginable. What's going to survive to the other side of that? What's going to go through that fire and come out as still being valuable? And that's the picture that's being given to us here. Begin your day by getting perspective and focus. You say, how do I win the day? Jesus went to a solitary place. You know what Jesus was doing? He was exemplifying to us as human beings, getting our perspective for the day. Going and saying, today is a day that I want to win for the Lord. Today, I want to start off with a plan on how I will win the day. And if you don't start your day off with a plan and a perspective as to how you'll win that day, then you won't. You won't.
because we get off and running in our own ways, and uh, that will be another day that will click off, and the end will realize that probably we didn't really redeem the time there. We didn't redeem the time. The Bible says this, go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, continue there a year, we'll buy and sell, and we'll get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then it vanisheth away. It vanisheth away. And that's why the Bible says you got to redeem that time. you got to redeem that time. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 5, and we'll finish there. Ephesians chapter 5, which was our passage for the morning. Ephesians chapter 5, we'll pick up in verse 17. Ephesians 5, 17. Wherefore, in light of these truths, in light of the truths, as our title says, wake up, wise up, and win the day. In light of the truth that we're to be redeemed the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. What does alcoholic beverage do? Well, it, it, it controls people. It controls them. It many times alters their personalities. It alters who they are. And uh, many times, you know, it'll either make somebody like uh, uh, a seemingly super happy person or a super angry person. But it alters them. Be not drunk with wine where it is in excess, but be instead filled with, under the control of, under the influence of, the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. And so, if we're going to win the day, we have to we have to be spirit-led. Any day that you are not spirit-led was a day that you did not win the day. Is a day that you did not redeem the time in. But be filled with the Spirit. Oh, that is such a process to, to, to learn that and to, uh, to apply that on a more continuous basis. And then it says this. And this is very interesting in the concept, context. It says speaking to yourselves. <laughs> speaking to yourselves. You know, the Bible tells you when you're spirit-led, you're going to speak to yourself. You're going to speak truth to yourself. You're going to constantly remind your heart and your mind about what is true. You're going to think on those things. You're going to speak to yourself. And it could be in psalms. It could be in hymns. It could be in spiritual songs. Things that are, that are truthful, that are, that are from the Holy Spirit of God. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. You say, well, I can't carry a tune, and if you don't believe me, I'll sing out loud. Well, maybe the Lord, you know, if you can't carry a tune by singing out loud, maybe the Lord would, would help you have a melody in your heart. And that will just be between you and Him, and He'll enjoy it. Uh, even if you're a little off, even in your heart, you know, He'll enjoy that. It says you can make melody in your heart to the Lord. Singing, making melody. You know what that really means? You're harmonious with the Lord. You're in a place of harmony. Now, you've been there before as a Christian, haven't you? And you've also not been there before as a Christian. Harmonious with the Lord. That's the most wonderful place to be. That is what we were created for. To make melody in our heart. To speak truth and to say, Lord, that's true. I admit it and I happily stand right there. I walk in the light. I walk as a child of the light. I wake up. I wise up, and I win the day, and I win the day. And, you know, so there's interaction there with one another, and there's interaction with your own heart. And this will lead to the right interaction with the Lord. And that's really, it's a circular thing. It, right interaction with the Lord 
right interaction to our own heart, right interaction to others, right interaction to the Lord, and it just it keeps it feeds on itself. And so then the last uh, verse there, verse number twenty, verse number twenty says, "Giving thanks always for all things." Now that is some sort of thought right there. As we walk in the light, as we redeem the time, we can give thanks always for all things unto God and to the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to end this morning. There's a, there's a young man. I think of him as young because when I was in college, he was actually in high school. and uh, he, was, um, he was one of the infamous faculty kids in college that I went to. If you know nothing about faculty kids, well, do a little research uh, on that and probably find some interesting stories. Uh, but this uh, this young man, uh, I remember him as a, as a pleasant young man, and, and I remember him as a, as a friend, even though he was in high school and I was in college. And he's now a pastor. He's a pastor in Wisconsin. And uh, he wrote some things that I thought were very edifying. They, there were some questions. There were some questions that he asked himself, and then he asked his church. And he just, he just posted these a couple of days ago, I think actually April 1st. And as I read those, I thought, you know, these questions really, these questions are a lot of what we've been thinking about together, um, looking out of Jesus and, and, and the questions that, that, uh, that I think are, are really great for us to ask ourselves uh, today. So just listen to these questions in light of, of winning the day and redeeming the time, because I think these are great. Have you spent more time in un uninterrupted meditation on God's word and prayer and less on scrolling through social media, memes, funny videos, and news articles? Have you taken more time to memorize and hide God's word in your heart than you might fight that you might fight sin and treasure in his truth? Have you taken more time to memorize and hide God's word in your heart that you might fight sin and treasure his truth? The next one. Have you thought more deeply about how short and how fragile your own life is? Another question. Have you looked at the heart of your fears and anxieties and pondered deeply where you are looking for security in life? Do you think devotion to Christ means going right back to that lifestyle when things return to normal, or should there be a change in your life? Have you grown more concerned about your unsaved friends, and have you done anything about it? Have you given financially to your church for the ongoing gospel ministry and for the support of missionaries who need your support, even though you feel uncertain during this time? Have you thought how God wants to change your life, your habits, your priorities, your spending, your commitments because of this season? Have you prayed and cared more for the spiritual health of yourself, your family, and your, and your church than physical health? Have you cared more about Jesus' kingdom to be expanded in this crisis than a political agenda, presidential campaign, or economic outcome? Have you grieved over the fact that America looks to doctors, businessmen, technology, economists, and politicians over Jesus Christ, the only true Lord in the world? Have you mourned over the fact that, far, uh, that there are far more abortions taking place daily in our world than the entire death count of COVID-19 to date in one day? 
Have you used your voice online or otherwise to graciously communicate truth and point people to a hope that never fails? Or have you complained and focused on self? Have you reached out to members in your church through phone, text, and written notes with a desire to encourage and help them follow Christ? Have you prayed for your pastors, fellow members, and the lost around you? Are you redeeming the time during these evil days? Speaking of time, everybody must eventually think of this truth. Eternity awaits you. You don't know how many days you're going to be on this earth. You know, doctors eventually lose 100% of their patients. Doctors lose 100% of their patients. And your life will come to an end. Nobody can defeat that apart from the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus Christ. And next week we're going to talk about his resurrection, the fact that Jesus conquered sin, death, and hell. But the most important question today, before you can walk in the light, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Do you realize that your days are numbered? Do you think about the fact that eternity awaits you? And Christian, Christian, if you have a relationship with God, are you winning the day? Are you winning the day? We've gotten plenty of truth today to ponder, to think about, and to come to decision in relation to. As I pray, let's just make this a time of decision. Let's make this a time of decision. If we've been apathetic, we need to wake up. We need to wake up. If we have uh, not been involved in, in God's program, we need to wake up. We need to wise up. If we've been walking in defeat, we can start winning the day. We can start winning the day through the truth of God's word and through what he does in our hearts. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as a personal Savior, the Bible says that we need to recognize that we're a sinner, that we need to recognize that sin has a penalty, which is death, and that we need to see that Jesus Christ paid that penalty for us. He came, he lived a perfect life without sin, he died the life of a sinner to pay for our sins, and then he resurrected, came back to life to conquer sin, death, and hell. The Bible says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Lord, I thank you for this time and your word today. Lord, I thank you that uh, we can use your word to give people the best help that they can possibly have uh, today. And Lord, I thank you for the good news, the gospel, uh, that we can count on. Lord, we can know that you are telling us the truth 100% of the time. To the degree where you say, if it comes down to it, uh, let God be true and every man a liar. And Lord, we just thank you for the word you've given us today. I pray that we would be faithful to not only be hearers of the word, but doers also. And in this time of decision, our hearts would be tender before you. Lord, if there be somebody here today that recognizes that they are a sinner and that they are separated from you, a holy God, because of their sin. May this be the day that they put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we would thank you for it, and we would love to hear about it. I pray this in Jesus' name.